Dear friends in Christ, have you ever been asked to do something that you really didn't want to do? I'm sure we've all found ourselves in that circumstance many times, whether it's being asked to help clean up around the house, go out and mow the lawn, maybe start an exercise regimen, get back on the diet, go up to our room and finish our homework, or perhaps even in this day and age, wear a face mask. And then there's the bigger things in life that perhaps we're asked to do that we really don't want to do. Maybe we've had to move out of state because of a spouse or a parent's job change. Maybe we're being asked to reconcile with someone that maybe we really can't stand. Perhaps we're being asked to receive or consider giving forgiveness in a tough circumstance. Maybe we're being asked to consider giving of our time and money to a certain cause or perhaps even respect the point of view of someone that's a little bit out there. I don't believe any of us are exempt from those kind of circumstances in life. And then there are the times that we agree to do things, but later we regret saying yes to doing them. But we still do them, but maybe with less passion, less enthusiasm than we should. We just go through the most. And then there's the times where we really don't want to do something. And maybe we rebel, and we do our best not to do it. Today, we do begin a new sermon series titled, After the Storm. And it's based in part on the book, The Prodigal Prophet, by best-selling author and pastor, Tim Keller. And in this sermon series, we're going to be looking at someone who was told to do something by God that he didn't want to do. And that someone is the prodigal prophet Jonah, as he experiences quite a storm and the aftermath of that storm in his life. Now, in our spring sermon series, we're going to be looking at the four-chapter book of Jonah. And today we're going to see that Jonah was given a call. He was given an assignment by God that he didn't want to do. He refused it. So, if you and I have ever been in the position where we've been told to do something, that we really didn't want to do, and we did our best not to do it, I think we're going to be able to relate to Jonah today. Specifically today, we're going to be looking at the spiritual concept of running from God amidst and after the storms of life. And certainly over the last five or six weeks, we all have been navigating the choppy waters of the current COVID-19 pandemic storm that we find ourselves in. And by God's grace and leading, He's going to get us through it in the weeks and perhaps months to come. Let me say up front as we start this sermon series that I believe Jonah is a true story. Now, Jonah is not an allegory or a fable or some more liberal Christian scholars might contend. Jonah was a real person. He was from the town of Gath, which is about four miles north of Nazareth. He was a prophet. He was a spokesperson for God, albeit a very reluctant one. And Tim Keller in his book describes him at times as the worst of the prophets. Others have dubbed Jonah as the anti-prophet. But in our gospel text today that Greg read, we see in Matthew 12 that Jesus said, Jonah is a real person. We see in the Old Testament book of 2 Kings chapter 14 that Jonah was a real prophet during the time of Israel's king Jeroboam the second. So what was God's great call? And request of Jonah. Well, we see in our text today from Jonah chapter 1, the very first two verses of the book, 
the call of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. We see in verse 1 that the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. And this is the way that many of the accounts of the prophets begin in the Bible. Prophets were spokespeople for God. And their words and their messages came directly from the Lord. God's message and his request to Jonah, the Israelite, was to go to the great city of Nineveh, the capital city of the hated Assyrian Empire, and proclaim the word of the Lord there with the hope that the people would listen, that they would repent, that they would come to know the one true God. Because God's plan always has been, and always will be, that all people would come to know of him and his love. Jonah was to cry out against the wickedness of the people of the city of Nineveh, that they would turn from their ways and be spared destruction. Now, Jonah's assignment was to travel about 500 miles from his home to the northeast to Nineveh. Now, Jonah's call, or his assignment, I think, was shocking on at least three different levels. Quite an unexpected storm in his life. It was shocking or surprising in the first way because never before had a Hebrew prophet been asked to leave Israel's soil to go to a Gentile land to proclaim the word of the Lord. Now, Jeremiah and Isaiah and Amos had made pronouncements against foreign countries, but they had always done it from the safety and the confines of Israeli soil. So this calling, this mission, was very unprecedented that God placed upon Jonah. Now, secondly, and perhaps even more shockingly to Jonah, would be that the God of Israel would want to warn the people of Nineveh, that he would want them to convert and be spared. And as I said before, Nineveh was the capital city of the hated Assyrian Empire. And we know from the book of Jonah that Nineveh was a city of about 120,000 people at that time. Now, today that would seem to us like a very average-sized city. An encampment, a township, with 90 or 95,000 people itself. But at that time in the ancient Near East, the city of 120,000 would be, let's say, the equivalent of a New York City today. And we know from the Bible, and we know corroborated by world history, that the Assyrian regime was one of the cruelest and the most brutal ever to carry out a reign of terror. They were known in their conquest to torture, dismember, decapitate their conquered victims. Other victims they would skim alive. They would lead others into captivity with fishhooks running through their nose. They burned entire cities to the ground. They burned adolescents alive. And for those victims they did not kill, they would lead them off into the most horrific and brutal slavery history has known. So the Assyrians, in a modern-day sense, would probably be considered a terrorist state. And Jonah and other Israelites at that time would have about as much love and compassion and concern for Ninevites, perhaps, as we would a member of ISIS today. Yet it's to this nation that the Lord called Jonah to be his prophet. And the Assyrians had been and will continue to be an imminent storm and threat to Israel in the years to come. And then maybe third and most surprising about this call is that God would send someone like Jonah to the ministry. We know from the book of Second Kings that Jonah was an ardent nationalist. He was highly patriotic. He was very supportive of some of the toughest militaristic measures by Jeroboam II, the king of Israel, of seeing other prophets like Hosea and Amos have criticized. Jonah would seem like the last person 
the least likely of the prophets around to go and have a heart for the people of Nineveh. Well, what does Jonah do with this assignment from the Lord? Well, he refuses. And he learns. We see from Jonah chapter 3, uh, chapter 1, excuse me, the first half of verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarsus. So Jonah does the exact opposite of what God asked him. He has left instead of east. He goes by boat instead of by land. He heads by boat west to Tarsus, which today would be modern-day Spain, which to someone living in the ancient Near East at that time would seem like Syrians running to the ends of the earth. Jonah wanted nothing to do with this with this mission. It was dangerous. It was to a people he hated. And I'm sure he wondered as well, why would they listen to me even if I went to that city? To me, it strikes me as being analogous, say, to a Jewish rabbi walking into the heart of Berlin, Germany in 1941 at the apex of Nazi power and asking Hitler and his henchmen, hey, stop doing what you're doing to the Jewish people. It would seem like a fruitless suicide mission. Jonah was a reluctant fellow. And yet, I think, honestly, you and I would not have been too different from Jonah had we been an Israelite in his chambers at that time. Like us sometimes, Jonah was willing to do the will of the Lord as long as it fit his plan. Coincided with his will of life, as long as the will of God sort of met his concept of what was right and wrong. I'm sure Jonah felt, Lord, there's many things I could do. You make a huge list and I'll do those for you. But going to Nineveh and preaching the words of these people, that just can't be one of them. Jonah, like you and I, sometimes wanted the God, I think, of his own making, his own crafting, his own carving, made of his image to meet his needs. I think sometimes we struggle in life when the challenges come, the unexpected twists and turns hit when we experience the storm. And we wrestle with questions like, do we really know what is best? Or does God really know what is best? Who do we put our faith and trust in amidst? the storm. And we face challenging chapters and storms in life, don't we? The biopsy report comes back and it didn't go the way we wanted it. We prepared for months for that job interview. We prayed about that job opportunity for weeks. It didn't land our way. We were supposed to have another 20 years or so in our thinking of life with that loved one. And they died so unexpectedly. Or Lord, you really expect me to forgive that person when you know what they've done and said about me. In this current COVID-19 storm that we find ourselves in, that is so present, uh, unprecedented and wide-sweeping in its scope, some of us may have thought already into this year 2020, I'd like a do-over, Lord. So we start the year over and hit the reset button. I submit I've had that thought, like, Lord, I may not be much of a golfer, but can you give me a mulligan on this one? Because it's been a challenging year, and the coronavirus has affected us in so many ways. Some of those ways that have hit us have affected our work, our income, our schooling. It's affected our health. It's wreaked havoc on relationships or made us make some big changes in plans, big and small and large. This storm will pass. It will. But it's challenging. 
and there'll be a challenging aftermath to come. The times are so to be scary. There's days that it all gets to us. But during these times and during these storms is when we really need to decide and come back to the Father. Who knows best? Does God know best? Or do we know best? Is God still sitting on the throne, or are we trying to nudge him off the throne and put ourselves on his throne? God reminds us over and over again, he is on the throne. And he is sovereign. And he's got this. Ultimately, we in faith need to trust in God during the storms and the aftermath of life, even though we may not always understand all the reasons and all the ways of the storm and all the whys and the waters and the highs of it on the side of glory. Jonah could not stand the thought of the people of Nineveh being forgiven the atrocities that they were a part of as the nation of Assyria. He couldn't fathom why God would want to show them mercy and grace. I don't think he cared if they came into a saving faith relationship with the one true God. Jonah now instead chose to run and react with an unforgiving heart. He mistrusted God. He disobeyed and ran. Even though you and I may not want to admit it, I think at times we all have our Jonah moments. We can relate to them. I know I have my Jonah moments. There are times I think all of us may be more committed at times to our own comfort than listening to the call and doing the will of the Lord. Tim Keller, in chapter 1 of the book, The Prodigal Prophet, points out that throughout the entirety of the book of Jonah, which we'll look at in this series, Jonah runs from God in two different ways. And he points out that, interestingly enough, that parallel, um, the story, the famous parable Jesus told in Luke 15 of the prodigal son, or the lost son. And some of us may remember we read that Tim Keller book a year ago last fall as a part of the church-wide Bible study and corresponding fall sermon series. But what Keller says is that in the book of Jonah, in chapter 1 and 2, as we see today beginning, Jonah runs from the call to go to Nineveh. And this parallels the reaction of the younger son in the Luke 15 parable of the prodigal son. We know from the Bible that one day the young son came up to his dad and said, Father, give me my share of the inheritance now. That was so rude, so disrespectful. Can't amount to saying to the dad, just drop over dead and fork it over. The father did what was needed, gathered, gave that inheritance to the son, and the son took off, figuring he'd never go home. The Bible says he spent it on wild living, extravagant living, rejecting the values of his father. He ended up in, in the broke, eating pig slop and dire straits. And he comes crawling home one day in mercy, just hoping to be a slave in his family household. In Jonah chapter 3 and 4, we will see that Jonah runs a second time. Later in the book of Jonah, he gets expelled from that belly of that great fish. And he returns to Nineveh. He listens to the call of the Lord this time and increases the word. But much to his surprise and dismay and anger, the people of Nineveh listen and they repent and they're spared destruction. And he's mad. He begrudges the very grace God is showing him, the grace that God had shown him earlier by rescuing him from that great place. And that second way to run parallels the reaction of the older son in the Luke 15 parable. But when that younger brother came home, the older brother begrudged the grace and mercy that the father showed his younger brother. Well, what is your Nineveh and my Nineveh today? What is God calling us to do as his prophets, as his spokespeople, as his hands and feet for a time such as this? 
where may we be running from God? Admit and after the sin. Well, maybe God is calling us today to forgive a family member, a friend, a colleague, a fellow student, a neighbor, an ex. Where the world would say to us, why would you even entertain forgiving them, knowing what they've done to you? Maybe God is calling us today to make a change in our life. Maybe a change in the behavior that's toxic to our health, toxic to our relationship, or maybe poisonous or toxic to our walk with Jesus. Maybe He's calling you and I today to be more public in our witness to our faith in the love of Christ in our life, especially during this pandemic time and the aftermath that's going to follow when people are so desperately looking for some truth and communion and some hope in life. Maybe God's calling us today to step outside of our comfort zone, so to speak, and consider getting involved in a ministry or a project or an outreach now or in the weeks to come as the storm passes. Or perhaps it's a call today for the first time, maybe willing to come into a personal saving relationship with Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So maybe for the first time, take God's call for us very seriously and be open to His love and His presence in our lives. Jonah tried to run, but he and we can't hide from God. God would not let us, nor will He let us go without. God wants to love us and empower us, forgive us, challenge us, and save us. And as David wrote in our psalm today, Psalm 139, let's pick it up at verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. He's saying, Lord, you're everywhere. I can't escape you. As you'll see in this story, Jonah runs and runs, yet the Lord is always a step ahead of him. Praise be to God for that. Likewise, the Lord is always a step ahead of you and me as well. Jesus in our Gospel today, Matthew 12, 41, referring to himself as the ultimate Jonah Savior. The men of Nineveh will stand up at judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. Like Jonah, God is calling each and every one of us today to be his prophet, to be his spokesperson in a world that desperately needs to know of his love and his grace and his mercy. Now more than ever during this pandemic storm we find ourselves in. And just as God did not want one of those 120,000 people of Nineveh to perish, He does not want one of the 8 billion plus people on planet Earth to leave this planet without knowing of Him and His love. God calls us each day, I believe, to go to Nineveh, so to speak. And for those times we choose to ignore Him and disobey Him, carve Him into a God of our own image or making, when we run, when we head to our culture, when we have our Jonah moment, He is there to love us and forgive us and nudge us and redirect us and never let us go. As we go through this sermon series, may we be open to His call and the awesome mystery of His mercy. Admit and ask Him to In Jesus' name, Amen.